Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, shoot, scoot, and boogie, my name is Jeb, and I get to welcome you to Hillside Assembly this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today. And if you're a guest with us, wow, it's great to have you with us today. You can find out more about our church at hillsideassembly.org. And if you're an in-person guest today, well, we'd like you to stop off at the round table in the foyer, meet one of our leaders, and they'd like to give you two free gifts today. And you know what? It's good to give to the Lord, and we're going to give you an opportunity to give at the end of our worship experience today. You can give in the box in the foyer. And if you want to give online, you can give anytime before Christmas gets here. And we've got two slots still available, one from 9 to 10.30 a.m. and one from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Boy, we'd sure like to get those slots filled. If you'd like to help us out, you can sign up for those two slots in the foyer today. Well, our Operation Christmas Child trip to Chicago is in full effect. They'll be leaving on Saturday, December 18th. We've assembled a team to go to the Chicago area to aid Samaritan's Purse with processing all of those shoeboxes. If you'd like to be a part of this amazing opportunity, you can talk to Jairo Granados today. Well, I don't know about you, but old Jeb here is getting excited for our Christmas Eve and Christmas worship experience. We've got a Christmas Eve live nativity on December 24th. And then we've got an awesome worship experience on Sunday, December 26th. And speaking of our live nativity, we're going to do a rehearsal. That's where we get to practice, put on all our costumes, and and walk through what we're doing. Well, that's going to happen Sunday, December 19th. That's next Sunday. We're going to do it right after the worship experience. So please stick around, and we'll give you directions next Sunday if you're going to be a part of our live nativity. Now, before I kick this thing over to Mr. Mike to help us in a time of worship, I I want us to watch a video to encourage you to invite somebody to come to our very special Christmas worship experiences because they're going to be amazing and because we want to connect people to Jesus. That's the best thing that we can do. So let's roll that video and then let's go to worship.
reading from the Gospel of Luke 2, 10 and 11. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Do you have joy today? Will you stand with us as we sing joy to the world? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every
for all who went to Jeb for a few moments. Well, wow, we've had a great time in worship today, and I think it's time for our kiddos to get ready to go to Kids Connect with Miss Jackie. If all you guys want to stand to your feet right now, if you're one of those kiddos, you can go find Miss Jackie in the back of the sanctuary. And she's standing right there. I can see her. Well, go ahead and head that way. And you know what? Everybody else that's here, let's give these kiddos a hand clap this morning. Woo! Man, they're going to have a great time in kids' church. Well, you know what I get to do? I get to turn today's service over to a good friend of mine, Mr. Robin Gitzel. Would you come and lead us in a time of God's word? Let's give Robbie a hand clap this morning. Woo! Go get him, Robbie. Well, thanks, Jeb. <laughs> Isn't Jeb great? I am so excited to be able to share with you this morning. Um, just as a reminder, our pastor is with his wife celebrating their 20th anniversary. How many know we need to make sure our pastor gets time off? Isn't that important? I know what it's like to be in that position, and I'm so grateful to be able to fill in for him so that he can have that time off. There's a message that I want to share with you this morning, and I want you to know something, first of all, that I've been praying for you. Um, I don't know what God has in store, but I have been praying for you that God would touch your heart this morning and that his word, not the words that I say, but God's word would come alive in your heart. Amen. So I have a question for you as I, I begin. Have you ever been depressed, discouraged? I think we all have. If we're not careful, we can easily let ourselves get depressed by the situations that we face in our life. And I think most of us know that Christmas is one of those times that's especially hard for a lot of people. Maybe it's memories or things that have happened in that individual's life, and they think, man, if I could only go back to that time. 
and depression is really high around Christmas time. I've got a little comic strip to kind of get us started this morning. Anybody here like the comic strip Peanuts? I don't read the paper that much, um, but when I do read the comic section, I always go to the Peanuts section. <laughs> That's the best section for me to go to. But Anthony, if you could start off, I've got a little Peanuts help this morning from Charlie Brown. Here's the first one. Charlie Brown, this is my depressed stance. The second one, when you're depressed, it makes a lot of difference how you stand. And then the third one, the worst thing you can do is straighten up and hold your head up high because then you'll start to feel better. <laughs> and then number four, if you're going to get any joy out of being depressed, you got to stand like this. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> now think about that. Any joy out of being depressed. But how many times are we just like Charlie Brown? We get in our depressed stance. We got our head down like this. We don't want to let anybody in. And it's like, just leave me alone. Let me be depressed because I'm finding joy in it right now. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. But I want, I've got good news for you this morning. You can break out of depression. And that's what this message is all about. And he can give us times too much we have to go to the doctor. But we go to the doctor and we go there because we want to get his opinion to give us a diagnosis of what's wrong with us. Doctor, what's wrong with me? I need help. And what does he do? A lot of times he gives us a prescription and says, hey, if you take this medicine, this will help you to feel a little bit better. And then hopefully he can give us some wisdom as far as what we're facing. Well, I've got news for you. We've got the greatest doctor in the world, and his name is God. And his word is our prescription this morning. And we're going to look at a story in 1 Kings chapter 19, four prescriptions for overcoming depression. Now, I'm going to share with you these four thoughts, but I also want to share some things that I am in the process of learning. And again, I have not learned them completely. I'm still learning them about overcoming depression. So I'm going to share a few thoughts from my life. Most of you here know my story, um, how I came back here. Um, in 2016, I went through a divorce, and it was not pretty. Um, I can say that I was depressed. I was discouraged. Um, but with the help of family and friends, I feel God is restoring me and giving me new life and putting me on the right path again. I still deal with depression and discouragement, but I'm learning to apply these four principles that we're going to talk about today so that I can overcome those feelings and those thoughts. Now, this message is very practical. It works. Now, you're in either one of two places this morning. Either you're facing depression or you're discouraged, or two, you're in a position to help somebody else who is depressed or discouraged. So these four principles, these four thoughts that we're going to learn from Scripture, you can apply them directly either to your life or if you know somebody. Anybody know somebody that's discouraged or depressed? These work. 
and especially if you apply them to your life. They really work. So we're going to look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Anybody still carry a Bible? Hey, I see a Bible there. <laughs> so if you have your Bibles, I love saying that. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your computer, you can also turn in your computers um, to your Bible. Um, or you can just follow on the screen right here. I'm not sure what I did with this. Hopefully I didn't break it, Pastor Eric. <laughs> there, it fits. We're going to put that scripture verse up there, and we're going to read it in just a minute. But I want to give you a little bit of background to this story. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah faces the prophets of Baal. There's a drought going on in Israel. And there's a challenge that takes place. And that challenge is whoever can light the fire on this altar as they pray will believe that is the God and will begin to serve him. Well, the prophets of Baal, if you remember, they try to call down fire. They do a whole bunch of crazy stuff and it doesn't work. Then Elijah comes along. He douses all the altar with water and then he prays just a simple prayer and fire comes and lights that altar. The prophets of Baal um, are killed, they're defeated, and then finally rain comes and the drought is over. And this is where we pick up the story here. Now you would think Elijah is going to be on a spiritual high, but as we soon find out as we read this, it's not that way. So follow along as I read these 18 verses in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah sent a messenger to Elijah. I do not make he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up, eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, ate, and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, 
he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Heziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi, the king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, and Abel Mahaloha to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death anyone who escapes the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed to Baal and whose mouth have not kissed him. Aren't you thankful for God's word? Can we pray just before we get into this? Lord, I pray that your word would speak to our hearts. God, it's not my word. It is your word, and it is holy. It is life-changing. It gives hope. It gives joy. It brings us out of depression. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to each one of us. Let your Holy Spirit do his work. Have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the four prescriptions. We've got notes here that Pastor Eric actually helped me put together. Overcoming depression. The first one is this. Take care of your physical needs. Take care of your physical needs. Notice here, God's initial remedy for Elijah's depression was to take care of his physical needs. He didn't give him a sermon. He said, you know what? You need to take care of yourself. He says, you need your butt out and exercise. To sleep, then he ate, and says, remember what God's word said. You know, this should not surprise us, because remember what God's word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. You can turn there if you want, but let me just read it for you. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. How many know we only have one body? We've got to take care of that body. And if we don't, that's on us. We need to make sure and take care of that. So let's look at these a little bit closer. Number one, sleep. How much sleep do you get at night? Did you sleep good last night? Hopefully you slept good last night. But we need sleep in order for our physical bodies to run properly. I think we've all seen those commercials about getting things to help you sleep. Have you seen those commercials? Like, if you take this product, you'll sleep better at nighttime. Um, I'm not sure if they work. I, I get pretty good sleep. I usually try to get about seven to eight hours sleep. Uh, most of you know that I work at UPS, and it's drilled into us that you need to get seven to eight hours of sleep. And I can tell you, I need seven to eight hours of sleep 
because hundreds of packages in my truck, they kind of add up a little bit, and it takes a toll on your body sometimes. Um, but you need to have that proper sleep. So I value sleep. Our bodies need rest every day, and that's how God designed us. So what did he encourage Elijah to do? Sleep. Get some rest. I don't know if you take a Sunday afternoon nap, but if you need a nap this afternoon, take a nap, all right? Get some rest. Let your body get rejuvenated today. So I ask you again, do you get enough sleep? Second thing, our diet. Eating right is so important. We've got to eat the right things. Anybody remember those things in school where it told you about the four major food groups and how you were supposed to eat? Well, I grew up on the four major food groups. Chocolate, <laughs> cookies, candy, and cake. <laughs> they all start with the letter C. Now, seriously, there are things to eat right, but I'm also serious, too, that a lot of times that's how... I ate um, when I grew up. Some of you here know my grandma Gitzel. Um, well, she had a hankering for sugar in her household. Um, she loved the Rippin Cookie Factory. And my grandpa um, would get cookies from the cookie factory, the seconds. Anybody ever remember getting those? I wish they were still here. <laughs> um, but grandma always had cookies. And it was a good thing, but as I look back, it might not have been such a good thing um, because I think I was addicted to sugar um, because every time we went over there to help Grandpa out with the farm, um, she would bring out cookies, and then to make it worse, she would have Kool-Aid as well, too. <laughs> you got to get the Kool-Aid out, and then my sisters and I would fight over who's going to make the Kool-Aid. Um, but my journey with food started out with sugar. Um, but it's gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, I used to drink a lot of pop. Um, but in 2005, I started to realize food does affect our person, who we are, our physical bodies. So in 2005, I decided I'm not going to drink pop anymore. And I gave drinking up pop. And then not soon after, um, I tell you, I can, they stick in your body. I feel that stickiness in my body. Same thing with ice cream. I gave that up a long time ago. And then, yep, I know. 2012, um, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to eat chocolate anymore. I, I know. No kidding. <laughs> and then 2016, this is about five years ago, you know what, I'm only going to drink water. And for the past five years, that's all I've done is drink water. Um, you know, eat food as well, too. Um, but you know what? I feel so much better. Sugar affects our bodies. The food we eat affects our bodies. It also affects our mental state. I could tell. I mean, there's times when I would eat sugar um, years ago, and I woke up, I, I felt groggy looking back. And it's like, that affected my mood. God knew that. So what did he give Elijah? Bread and water. <laughs> Not that we just should eat bread and water, but I think we need to look at what we eat. And if we're feeling depressed or discouraged, 
that might be a factor in what you are facing. So I'm a, still a work in progress. You know, I'm still trying to eat the best that I can, and I'm learning. Um, but I want to encourage you, eat healthy. And I think that will lead to you hopefully feeling much healthier. Third thing, exercise. I can't say for sure, but I believe Elijah was a runner. How do I know? Look at 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. You know, if you're going to run in front of a chariot, it just doesn't happen like that. I believe Elijah had to be in somewhat of good physical condition. And I think physical health, I mean, exercising, God created us to move, and we need to move. So whether that's running, walking, exercising of some sort, I think that helps. And I can really tell the difference. You know, I exercise every day. I run every day. My job is exercise every day. I feel so much better when I exercise. And on the few days that I don't, I can tell the difference. And I, I believe God designed us that way. Look at Elijah. He sent him on a 40-day journey. Can you walk for 40 days? Are, are, are we in that good a shape to be able to do that? Elijah had to be in such good shape in order to do that. Now, most of you know that I am a runner. I was not always a runner. <laughs> um, in fact, you know, I was a little bit heavy, probably a lot bit heavy when I was a teenager. And I remember uh, my dad, who is here right now today with my mom, and he said, you know what, you need to get out and run and exercise. Um, and I remember getting out and running. I think I was like 15 years old. And my parents still exercise every day. And I remember getting to about the three-quarter mile mark. And I just remember saying, I can't go anymore. I was like out of breath. Couldn't make it any farther. Um, but I kept it up. I kept it up. Eventually, I lost some weight. Um, and I ran cross-country in my senior year in high school. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to keep on doing this. And I decided I'm going to try to stay in shape. And this is how many years later? Let's see, I was 16, and now I'm 51. So you do the math. I can't think of it right now. 35. <laughs> okay, 35 years running to exercise. Mental sleep are you getting? Are you eating the right foods? And are you exercising? It plays a major role in our mental state. So I want to encourage you to, to work on those. We'll work on them together. Second thing, tell God your frustrations. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, it says this, um, Elijah, what are you doing here? God asked him the question. He said, what are you doing here? He let Elijah vent. And that's what we need to do. It's okay to tell God our problems. I want to look at a few of these verses here again, and I want to show you some of the emotions that Elijah shared with God. Starting in verse 3, 
And then I'm going to share with you the emotions. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Fear. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Despair. He was in despair. I've had enough, Lord. I think he was angry right there. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Low self-esteem. Then he went to the cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here? He replied, I've been zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put the prophets to death with the sword. A little bit of resentment going on right there. I am the only one left. He was lonely. And now they're trying to kill me too. I think he was worried that what's going to happen to his life. Anybody ever face those emotions? We can give those emotions to God. God wants to hear what's in our hearts. And I can tell you that I faced all those emotions going through a divorce. Uh, they were there, and they're strong emotions. Um, not only should we vent our emotions to God, we need to share our emotions with trusted friends and people around us. I have a question for you this morning. Do you have someone that you can share with? That if you're facing a situation or a circumstance that you're able to share and they're able to share into your life and speak into your life to say, you know what? Did you ever think about this? I'm so grateful for the family and friends that let me vent my emotions as I was going through a divorce. I don't know where I would be today if not for them. Words of encouragement, hugs, honest feedback, cards from friends, they all made a huge difference in my life. So we need friends to be able to encourage us and to help us face those depressed feelings. So have you told God how you feel this morning? He can take anything that you share. And have you talked to a friend? If you truly want help getting out of depression, you must be willing to share. Don't be like Charlie Brown and stick with your head down trying to find joy in your depression. Be willing to share your heart. Reviewing really quick, take care of your physical body. Talk to a friend. Talk to God. This leads me to the third prescription for depression. And if I were to say anyone is the most important one, number three, this one is the most important one. Pursue a fresh awareness of the presence of God. Pursue a fresh awareness of the presence of God. If you remember in the story we read, there was an earthquake, there was a wind, there was a fire. But God was not speaking in any of them. What God Elijah's attention whisper. Take your Bible. Did you hear him speak this morning? We need his presence every single day in our life. If you're not reading God's word and if you're not praying and if you're depressed, I can tell you the reason why. That's the reason why. You need to hear the voice of God. Sometimes, though, there's so many distractions in our life that we can't hear the whisper. 
You would think if Elijah saw an earthquake and a fire and a great wind, like, oh, there's God. But no, it was the still, small voice, the whisper. What is God whispering to your life today? Listen to that whisper. Listen to this statement. There is no more effective antidepressant than communication and fellowship with God. I'm going to say that again. There is no more effective antidepressant than communication and fellowship with God. We need God's presence in our life. Worship is a huge part of my life. I enjoy leading worship at church here. It's just, it's a part of who I am. I love playing piano and just spending time in God's presence. Worship is a huge part of my life. I turn on my worship music every night before I go to bed and I let it play all night long. And as I'm driving in my truck, I got my AirPods in my ear. I'm listening to worship music all day long. I love it. In fact, my AirPods were in the shop for a couple weeks, and I could tell the difference um, because I didn't have that in my ear, the worship music that I love to listen to. I got them back this week, and it was so exciting to be able to put my AirPods in and, and listen to some worship music. But I want to tell you that spending time in God's presence, if you're depressed or discouraged, that is what's going to break you out of that depression. It is so important. Being aware of the presence of God, though, starts with having a relationship with Him. You may ask, so how do I begin a relationship with God? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Here it is. Um, and just three simple things. And I want to give this to you this morning because I don't know where you are in your walk with God. Maybe you're watching online and I don't know where you are with your walk with God. But it's really simple. I'm going to take you through the Romans road. Um, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've got to admit that we can't do it on our own. We are sinners in need of a Savior. Romans 6.23 then says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Believe that Jesus is the answer. We are sinners. Jesus is the answer. And then three, confess Jesus as Lord of your life. That if you confess Jesus and, that, and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a simple message. But if you want help in overcoming depression, it starts by beginning that relationship with God. And I want to give you that opportunity here this morning. Um, right in the middle of this message, I don't know where you are in your walk with God, or maybe you're listening and, and online, and I don't know where you are in your walk, but I want to give you that opportunity this morning just for you to simply say, God, I need you. Will you bow your heads and, and just pray this simple prayer with me? Lord, I know that I'm a sinner, and I pray pray that you would help me to believe in you. I confess you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. To a relationship with God. Let me know about it. Let pass in that relationship with God. Um, but let somebody know. 
and begin that relationship with God. So take care of your physical needs. Pour your heart out to God and others. And three, pursue God's presence. There's one more prescription that I want to share with you. Let God give you new direction. In 1 Kings 19.15, God tells Elijah three things. He says, go anoint two kings and go anoint Elisha as a prophet to replace him. What did God do? He gave Elijah an assignment. Don't focus on self-pity. Get your eyes off yourself and look to the needs of others. Find a ministry where you're giving out and God is giving through you. God wants to give you new purpose and direction. He's not finished with you. One mistake does not render you useless to God. You have a purpose. And if you want to get out of depression or discouragement, you've got to find out what God has called you to do. And then you need to get out there and you need to do it. Do it with all your heart. I've worked a lot um, with Pastor Eric, um, and I've shared a lot with Pastor Eric in the time that I've been here. Um, it started about six years ago. We went out to eat in Oshkosh at a restaurant, and he was just first getting to know me. Um, and, I sh- and he was trying to find a way to get me involved and connected in the church. I shared with him my story about what was going on. And at first he said, well, we need some help in the sound booth. Would you like helping in the sound booth? And I said, well, you know, I really enjoy leading worship. And he said, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get you involved in leading worship. So I began to lead worship again. Then I started teaching a grow group here on Sunday mornings. I love teaching our grow group. And I'm so glad that in January it's starting again because I miss teaching. Um, it's just a great opportunity just to be able to grow in our relationship with God together. Some other things that, that God is putting vision in my heart is that I signed up to be a discipleship coach for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And simply what that is, is people, when they get connected to the Billy Graham Association online, they go through a discipleship course, and I'm just there to help guide them through that and to encourage them. Um, so it's just another avenue for me to, to give out to others. And then lately I joined a Facebook group page called When Two or More, um, where each week I send out an encouraging message um, to those that are connected to that Facebook page. And then most recently, as Pastor Eric announced a couple weeks ago, my license to um, be an Assemblies of God ordained minister was reinstated. Um, I have no idea the direction that God has for me right now, but I'm taking step by step to trying to fulfill the purpose and vision that God has placed in my heart. It's a process that God is walking me through, and it's the same for you. You have got a purpose. If you're breathing here today, you have a purpose. All of us are breathing. So you need to find out what that is. Because when you find out that purpose, it's going to invigorate you and it's going to get you out of that depressed state. It's going to help you. 
So find what that is and do it with all your heart. You know, I'm so thankful for our church. Part of that plan, I believe, is our church vision and mission statement. And I think we know what that is. Connect, not just for our church, to connect, grow, find our pastor and say, you know what? That vision is a part of my life and I'm going to run with you because God is going to do some great things here at this church at Hillside. Now, as I was praying and, and getting ready for this message this week, I just I sensed God's presence um, in my heart, just simply saying, there's greater things in store for Hillside. God's not done with this church. Do you believe that? God's not done. And part of that is us finding out what our vision is. It's not just our pastor. All right? We need to get behind him and say, okay, let's do this together. And as we do that, man, we'll be able to break out of any depression or discouragement that we may be facing. So reviewing here. Number one, take care of your physical health. Tell God and others what you're facing. Three, pursue God's presence. Four, find your purpose. Now, I told you that these are prescriptions for overcoming depression. But I also want to share with you, these are also preventative. They're not just prescriptions, but if we take the time to discipline ourselves and apply these things to our life, maybe we can avert being depressed or discouraged. You know, so many times or so many times it's easy just to let ourselves go and say, "Doctor, can you fix me?" <laughs> and how many times do we go to God and say, "Okay, God, I'm in this mess." And what it happens, we get into a mess when we want God to fix us. When God sometimes is saying, "If you'll just follow these principles that I laid out in my word, maybe that's what you need to do." So be disciplined. I want to encourage you. Apply those to your life. Take care of your health. Find someone to talk with. Vent to God. Find your purpose. And just trust God. So, as we conclude the service today, I want to go back to one verse as we end this. Um, and it's 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 says this, stand in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass. Stand in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass. So I ask you again, are you struggling with depression? Are you discouraged this morning? Here's the remedy. It's the presence of God. It is God's presence. We're going to sing a song in just a minute, and we're going to spend some time worshiping to conclude our service. I want to read the words, though, of this first song that we're going to sing. And again, I don't know what you may be facing, but I want you to hear these words and just trust the Lord to speak to you as you listen to them. In and out of situations, that tug of war at me, all day long I struggle for answers that I need. But then I come into his presence and all my questions become clear. And for that sacred moment, no doubts can interfere. 
Have you been there? In and out of situations that are tug-of-warring at your heart? Look at the second verse. Through his love, the Lord provided a place for us to rest, a place to find the answers in hours of distress. Now there's never any reason for you to give up in despair. Just slip away and breathe his name. He will surely meet you there. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty of the King. It's God. Help overcoming discouragement, or if you want to help somebody who is discouraged. What I want to do this morning as I go to the piano and as we sing this song, God's presence is here this morning, and he's here to meet with you. You don't need anybody but him. Someone can pray with you, and you might think you feel better, but we need the doctor this morning, and that doctor is God Almighty, Prince of Peace. And if you're discouraged, defeated, I want to invite you to come to this altar and say, God, I'm not leaving this place until you fill me with joy. I'm not going to be like Charlie Brown and stand in my depressed stance, but I'm going to lift my head and stand in God's presence because he is in this place. Will you bow your heads? Lord, thank you that your presence is in this place. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts this morning. And as we spend time singing and worshiping you this morning, Lord, I pray that you would touch our hearts. God, for that one who may be discouraged and feeling depressed this morning, God, I pray that you would fill them with the joy of your presence. God, I thank you that you are here in this place. God, you want to heal us. You want to make us whole. God, we just invite your Holy Spirit to be here today. I just give you thanks and praise for each person here. God, I don't believe they're here by accident but you've got a plan and purpose. You want to speak to us. God, I pray that we would let your word touch our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing at least um, two songs before I dismiss you this morning, but I just want to open up these altars uh, for as long as you want to stay and worship the Lord. I can play piano and worship for a long time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I want to start by singing this song in the presence of Jehovah. And however you feel comfortable, whether it's sitting or standing or coming to this altar, I want you to meet with God this morning and let him fill you with his presence and let him fill you with his joy. In and out of situations, the tug of war at me, all day long I struggle 
just worship on your own as we play it softly. Just embrace his presence. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I desperate for you.
I'm desperate for you. without you and I'm desperate for you and I'm lost without there is no better antidepressant than spending time in your presence. God, I sense that you are here in this place and you are restoring and healing and bringing life, bringing hope, giving vision, inspiring us to accomplish what you're calling us to do. God, again, I thank you for the principles of your word. God, may we apply that word to our lives this week. We just give you thanks and praise. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you that you bring peace to our lives. You heal our brokenness. You restore us and you make us whole. God, you are the one that brings that peace. It's not us, but your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that you would work that message and that word into our lives this morning. May we rest. For those that want to stay and worship, leave whenever you want to leave. 
But I just want to open up a time for you to spend some more time in God's presence and just worship Him. I've got some worship songs that I've prepared. And again, you can stay as long as you want. But let me just conclude for those that need to leave. And as a reminder, Dave is pointing at the offering. <laughs> I want to encourage you make sure and give your tithe and offering because that's part of our purpose and vision is to give of our tithes and our offerings. So I'm going to pray just a concluding prayer and then we're going to continue to worship the Lord. And again, these altars are open. Don't be afraid to come and kneel and just let the Lord speak to you and pour into you this morning. God, thank you for the opportunity we have now to give of our tithes and offerings, to give back to you for all that you have done for us continue to pour out your spirit in this place. God, let Hillside continue to be a light to this community. Thank you that you are so much supplying our needs so overwhelmingly. God, may we continue to give back to you. And now, Lord, as we spend more time in your presence, strengthen us. Encourage us. Draw us unto you. God, for those that need to go, may they go with your grace and mercy. Strengthen them this week. Encourage them to live their worship, to walk out a relationship with you each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I look into your holiness, when I gaze into your love, When all things that surround become shadows in the light of you. When I found the joy of reaching your heart, when my will becomes enthralled in your love, when all shadows in the light of you. I worship you. I worship you. The Shadows in the light of
This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Give you all that I 
Sacrifice. 
Counselor, Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. God, have your way, have your Let the wind of your spirit blow, blow through our lives. God, bring dead bones to life. Bring life, life through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence. And I've tasted and seen, and of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, your I've tasted and seen and of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here Holy Spirit you welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome 
stood before creation, eternity in your hand, and you spoke the
you stood before my failure, carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulder, my soul now to So what could I say I do for this time to you? And I walk upon salvation, your spirit alive in me. life to declare your promise, my soul now to
Jesus Cristo.